Hello and welcome to the Dogs in 3 podcast. This is Matthew Keith, and as you all know, our Diamond Dogs just won the 2021 National Championship. Those are words we didn't ever know if we'd get to say. This run and this championship was so special to so many people, and I want to do a podcast that talked to different people and gave their perspectives, their journey through the tournament and College World Series, and what this championship meant to them. Thanks for listening. We were joined on this episode of Dogs and Three by Brad Reeves. Brad is someone I consider to be true maroon, and he proved that by his crazy story of getting to Omaha in time for Game 3 of the Championship Series. We talked about that and some of his other memories along the way of being a Bulldog fan. I enjoyed it a lot, and thank you will as well. Now joining us on Dogs and Three podcast is Brad Reeves. Brad, how's it going? Man, I'm doing great. So uh, you probably have the least background on what I've been doing than anyone. So basically, I have just been letting different people tell their story about their background as a state fan, um, kind of their view of this run and the national championship and kind of what it has meant to them. So let's start with your origin story of becoming a Mississippi State Bulldog fan. What are some of those early memories and how did you become a Bulldog fan? Yeah, so, you know, probably similar to to some people, maybe like yourself as well. Um, My father went to Mississippi State. My mother went to LSU. They they met in Atlanta after college, but long story short, they ended up moving back to Mississippi later. So I grew up in Jackson as a state fan. Um, So we would go to, you know, all, all types of games. I was lucky in the sense that my father bought season tickets to, you know, both football and basketball and then um my earliest memories of baseball we would go and this is even predates what i still you know called the old dude now so before the stadium was built and i guess it was 86 i believe prior to that we would go and sit down the third baseline and that was back in the day you could you would take you know folding chairs and get there and sit down the third baseline where they ended up building some batting cages you know, with mm-hmm. the, the 86 stadium. Um, and, you know, we would sit there. I remember one guy, I don't remember who it was. We could probably figure out who it was in Starkville, but somebody had like a, and I don't know if everybody, you remember this or heard people talk about it, but a uh, truck, like a flatbed truck type thing that had a raised back and they would like get the back of the truck and then could raise it up. So they'd be like 12 feet <laughs> off the ground or so. And that was on the left field line. So this was kind of like, the extension of the left field lounge that kind of wrapped around the third baseline. Um, yeah, very so safe. What's that? Very safe. Yes, exactly. So I, I probably spent as much time running around the stadium, hitting, you know, playing baseball or throwing tennis balls or chasing foul balls as much as I did actually watching the game in those days. But all that being said, we would go up and stay at what the time was the Holiday Inn right there on Highway 12 that then became uh, the Ramada and then even better, the Armada later. And now is, uh, I think, the best in Suites. I don't even know what it is now. But, um, but yeah, we'd make a weekend of it, you know, with a, uh, I guess back then I would say three-day weekend, but I think it was two-day then because you'd have the 
the Saturday doubleheader and That's Sunday right. game, I guess. I can't remember if we were doing Friday nights then, but I, I think it was two Saturday, one Sunday. But we'd, you know, spend the night, at, you know, at the Holiday Inn, swim in the, the pool. That was a big deal. But, but go to a lot of baseball games there. And then obviously, like I said, went to, you know, football and basketball as well. But really got into to baseball then and, and kind of learned to keep the books. And so, you know, coming forward, I mentioned prior to the 86 stadium or whatever that, I believe that's the year. Then when you built, one of the, the things you may remember is you Mississippi. That's right. I think sports have done that. Colleges may have done it, but it, but that was a big deal for Mississippi State. So we were lucky in that we bought two seats and my father put my name on one and my brother's name on the other. Um, and the funny thing is, you know, we had four of us. I, I think we kind of bounced around. We'd sit in other people's seats around us. Uh, it wasn't that big a deal, but I did have my name on a seat for the longest time. And then at some point, I guess there's enough turnover. They maybe just started pulling the plaques off or whatnot, but had those for the longest time, I think in section K and uh, then just again, adapted. And as a student ended up going to, going to games and enjoyed that when I could get away and um, overlapping with you, then when uh, Sid McKay got the opportunity through, I think Ross had two trailers. Uh, he allowed the fraternity to get involved with Paul Beckenberry. Uh, we were sitting at lunch and pushing up plans and uh, obviously Bacon did, I think, a lot of the welding, but ended up getting that trailer together. So that was a involved with and spent a lot of time out there, you know, while senior um, out from that lounge around the stadium. So I guess drug it out, but, but that's, that's kind of my, my history. State and, and, and did you know that uh, then just enjoyed it since and we're you know two seats still so yeah that's awesome so i love i love those those stories and the specific memories kind of that that each person has so i want i want to dig into that a little bit so so you from a very early age you're you're a bulldog fan and as as you know uh we all know now in, in Mississippi, you're either a Bulldog fan or you're a Rebel. And so that line was drawn for you very early. Um, so talk a little bit about uh, when you got to state and maybe some some specific memories that you remember from your time at state, even if it's not uh, just about baseball. Just in yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I had a good time, obviously, at, at Mississippi State and you know, I, I feel like, you know, now I can kind of look back in retrospect. I was there 97-02. to I managed to get that extra victory lap in just to be sure we didn't have any, uh, you know, one more good year. I need to stick through one more bowl. You redshirted. You redshirted. Yes, exactly. That, that's exactly what it was. Uh, so, um, I, you know, I had a good run then. We In, in 98, uh, we won the SEC West and had the opportunity to go to – uh, go to the SEC championship in Atlanta, and that was an amazing. I mean, something I'll never forget. Um, you know, just that weekend, and, and who would have thought not only did we make it to the SEC championship, but we're even leading the game in the second half. And, and it kind of everybody looks at each other like, whoa, we actually could do this, we right. could pull it out, you know, after the punt return. But 
but they're, you know, unfortunately couldn't pull it out. But I think everybody that had the opportunity to attend that game, all the Mississippi State fans at least, you know, just enjoyed the fact we were there and, and, and played them, you know, played it close, had a good game and was a fun experience. So that was football. I just missed, you know, the Final Four trip in 96, but right. I was fortunate enough that my, fa- my father <laughs> made the statement to us as kids that uh, when we – we're in the uh, Elite Eight. He said, oh, if we win and go to the Final Four, then we'll go to New York. So, <laughs> needless to say, we held him to that. So, we went up there and, um, you know, had a fun trip. And uh, obviously, you know, didn't win, but but got to see us play the Final Four. So, that was not why I was in school. But then uh, followed that up with some good basketball, um, you know, while I was in school with Stansberry uh, being there as a coach. We had some good years. Um, and then, you know, football again with Cheryl on the back end, had some good years, uh, went to, uh, played in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas and had the opportunity to go to that. Um, you know, again, that was a great time. So, um, good, you know, good years, uh, baseball, it was right on the tail end. So we, the summer after my senior year of high school, that 97 year, I remember, uh, Lewis Ridgeway and I drove up with two girls. And just kind of nothing to do in Jackson. And, and we had a regional. Um, and we won to go to Omaha. So, that that was fun that we could have gone to Omaha. But that, as a senior in high school, my parents weren't going to let me go. And then right. in 98, uh, summer after my freshman year, I had committed to go to Washington, D.C. Uh, to be a summer intern in Mike Parker's office. So, I was already in D.C., um, up there and we won, um, uh, to go back to Omaha. So I guess 97, 98, two years, you know, we go to Omaha, but I, even though would had, you know, as a freshman, after my freshman year, Mike could have gone and committed to be in DC. So did not make those trips. Um, but had some good baseball that being said while, while we were in school. Um, so I, I hope that kind of answered your question, but made the most, we were winning in football at the time. Um, you know, had that one year we started to eight. No, I believe that was my junior year in football. And then my senior year, um, it was pretty cool. We went to every away game. So that, I, you know, I wish I could do that more in life. Um, right. but that was one year that, you know, went to every single game and, and that was a, a fun time to get to do that when you have that flexibility as a college student to be able to go to all the games and go to Columbia, South Carolina and, and you know, long trips like that, that, you know, these days you may not want to pack up in a car and do, but in a col- as a college student, you could do it. So I had a lot, I had a real good time as a student and it always enjoyed, you know, whether the road trip, whether we won or lost, we're going to go and have a good time and, you know, support the team. Was, was that the year of the Provo trip as well? Or was that the year after that? Yeah. So, uh, Provo, I believe would have been, was my fifth year. Okay. Um, and yes, we, we did go, went to BYU and, we kind of started joking and we we're like, what is there to do in, you know, uh, in Provo, Utah? And somebody said, well, I don't think it's that far from Las Vegas. So, uh, again, before the days of Google Maps and everything, uh, or that maybe they existed, but not on an iPhone, we all said, oh, we'll just go to Vegas. So I think we flew into and out of Vegas and <laughs> without realizing it, it wasn't just right around the corner from Provo. So we had a good little drive there, but uh, had a good yeah. time going to Vegas and hanging out. We won the game and. Uh, still these days just laugh thinking about they had college students taking up tickets at BYU and just a little bit different than the SEC and 
So I, I won't name any names in our group that did it, but of course some some people in our group wanted to sneak in alcohol, and you know when you have college students taking up tickets, they they don't have security, they didn't care. Uh, so I don't, you know, I think it, it wasn't allowed, but once we realized that was who's taking tickets, we weren't too worried, and I think somebody snuck in, you know, a good number of beers and drinks, and and anyway, it was just interesting because a lot different than the SEC. You know, we got there in the first quarter, but half their student section in there. And then they show up, they trickle in late and leave early. It was just a whole different different deal for us. We won the game, and uh, the team looked great. And, and you know, to go all the way out there and, and what, get that win was fun and exciting. And we got on, made a sign that said, uh, Joe Lee Dunn for Secretary of Defense. And uh, got on ESPN. I love it. As I, I believe it was a Thursday night game. So we're excited, you know, to get on ESPN with our signs. Yeah. Well, their, their uh, ticket takers are probably too busy looking for – People sneaking in coffees and cokes to be looking, <laughs> yes. looking for the the bourbon. Yes, uh, that's what we re- we realized. You know, we didn't really un- understand that at first, but then realized that you obviously they couldn't have caffeine and everything else. So that was uh, it was an interesting trip, and I'm glad we went. A beautiful stadium with the the mountains there in the background and everything. But it was it was much different than anything else we had seen in the SEC. That was for sure. Yeah. So it was. Uh, Sherm is one of the people that I also talked to, and there were a couple of games that he was talking about as memories that he had um, that, it, you know, just so ended up that I was there as well. Uh, and it's just, you know, kind of kind of funny, the, the people that have been state fans for a long time. So I went – I had a similar story with the Final Four in that, you know, we go to the Sweet 16, it's in Lexington, and I say, you know – dad like can we go and he says which i can totally see this now having a 10 year old son that would ask me the same thing he was he said i'll tell you what buddy if we make it to the final four we'll go thinking that's like the safest bet in the world <laughs> exactly he didn't and even so, think it before it came out of his mouth he said oh, yeah so of course you know the second the clock ticks off and that elite eight game i'm like all right dad when are we leaving uh, and so we actually did go, and I will say that our our neat story on that was when we lost, um, scalping was was illegal technically, and we were in New Jersey, right, um, at the the Meadowlands, I believe. And right. So I was in ninth grade at the time, so I just said, "Dad, give me the tickets. Let me try to scalp them." Because they're not going to arrest me because I'm 15 years old. So yeah, I ended up going and selling our tickets, and it paid for our whole trip. It was great. <laughs> that is great. And, you know, the one thing that's interesting we've talked about, um, and I guess the one thing, you know, you had the Final Four, and I think the same thing happened 2013 in baseball. We may talk about that. But one, the things as a Mississippi State fan, to be surprised that you finally get to the Final Four, and then you're favored. You know, and the same thing happened in the – national championship and like in 2013 where not only you get there but we're not used to being there and you know we have a chance to win it and i think that's some of the disappointment as a state band too you get that far and then you have such a good year and actually expected to get to the next you know to that next game or to win it and you, you don't get over the hump so yeah yeah so i will i will along those same lines i'll share my other story um of a game that you brought up the championship game against uh, Tennessee in football in 98. So Kevin Prentice returns that punt. So I'm at that game as well. He returns that punt in the fourth quarter and 
you know, the state section, the whole section where we are, people are just going crazy. And I'm there with my girlfriend at the time, and I'm just sitting down, not clapping. And keep in mind, I'm 17. You know, when you're, when you're 17, 18, 19, 20, like that's as, usually as optimistic as you'll ever be. And she's like, <laughs> why are you not excited? And I just said, I know how this ends. <laughs> and yes. I just, I think that gives such a good, like, glimpse into the typical long-standing Mississippi State fans mindset. And that was in 98. So, you know, we kind of build on that in, you know, in baseball, like you mentioned, in 13. And even the girls' basketball teams that looked like they were kind of destined to win a championship we just got so accustomed to it, to it never happening. So, so I'll, I'll kind of bring it back to this year. The thing that I've, you know, kind of asked everybody was uh, just kind of their, their impressions of, you know, I guess their expectations for the team coming into the year. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'll be honest with you, you know, now that we kind of look back, I don't remember that I ever felt like this was, you know, I definitely didn't think it was a national championship year. You know, I think it's like anything I felt, I was pretty excited. I said, ah, you know, if pitching could come around, you know, we got to have some breaks here and there. We've kind of known that mainly thing, not having injuries, which is unfortunately plagued us along with a lot of other teams the last few years. So the key was, you know, pitching coming together and everybody kept talking about our pitching depth. But, but to be honest with you, I think, I thought it would be Sarantola that really was the the big question mark, that if we could get Sarantola to to show up, that would make such a big difference, you know, as that second or third pitcher. And I guess some of it was once we saw his first few outings, um, especially first few SEC games, where just really couldn't come together, was still wild, didn't seem to have the control or confidence. You know, you don't write off the year, but you think, oh, well – something else is going to have to happen. Somebody else is going to have to step up. And I guess part of that is, is Bednar, you know, really stepping up and being, um, I guess you could say that strong second pitcher. I mean, you know, in hindsight, we may say he was our, our number one, but pitching on Saturdays. Um, But, but I mean, you know, we felt good about McLeod or I did just, you know, from the little we'd had the year before. And I think ending the way we did 2020, you know, I hate, the way that COVID ended right after that Texas Tech series, you know, but but we beat a top – were there a top five team at the time or top ten team? Right, right. You know, in a neutral site, you know, playing on Mississippi Gulf Coast. So, we had some excitement, you know, that, okay, maybe we, we did end up starting to pull things together and then had a short year. So, I mean, I, I was good. Look, I always get excited uh, with baseball coming around. I mean, one thing as a state fan – you know, you kind of go through a football and basketball season. Oh, well, at least, at least we got baseball. So I mean, that's right. In a lot of ways, I was looking forward to it, uh, and I hate to be sound like the pessimist, but, but I didn't think it was the year. You know, we would have, um, you know, we'd be a, a top five, you know, top eight national seed. I just, I guess I was thinking, okay, maybe we could pull that out, and you know, obviously we did. But then I also knew that, you know, the weird year you have with 2020 with so many teams bringing back so much depth. Uh, my concern was we, you know, had to have a few things fall into place. And, uh, 
again, obviously they did in a lot of ways. You know, now we can look back and say we won the national championship. But I think the one thing as a Mississippi State fan that I would always said if we were to win the national championship, it would have to be a year like I guess that was uh, – was that 2015, 2016, you know, 16. when we were – yeah, you know, a number three national seed and felt like, okay, we're going to go to Omaha. I would have felt like you got to have that dominant pitching. You know, you got to know going in, this is your year. And I just – I'm going into this year, I didn't think this was the year that would be, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think the most, you know, maroon-colored glasses is a term you see a lot on, on the message boards. I don't even think the people on Gene's page with just – uh, constant maroon color glasses could have predicted a national championship this year if they're being honest with themselves. And so also one of the reasons that I really wanted to talk to you is, you know, one of the terms get, that gets thrown around in the fan base is is true maroon. And and Brad, you're one of those that, that I do consider true maroon. You've, you've dug into, you know, that that fandom that goes back a long time. Um, I believe you were Mr. MSU, your time at state. And then for a lot of people, there's a little bit of a lull after college and, you know, it's natural, right? So you get out of college, you move away, you know, family, kids, it's pretty natural, but I feel like you've stayed consistently very, you know, involved with Mississippi state. Uh, I know you, you served a role on the alumni association as well. So you have really just stayed stayed close to Mississippi State uh, throughout your time, even after college. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. What you know? What is it about Mississippi State that that has made you want to stay so involved and so close to it all these years? Yeah, and um, you know, there's probably a lot of a different it's a combination of a few things. Um, obviously, you know my my college years were a great time. It was a time I certainly enjoyed. I made a lot of great friends, you know, you know, most of the guys in my wedding and those type of things. So a lot of my closest friends are, are friends from college. So a lot of times, you know, I associate Mississippi state with my friends and friendships and, and a lot of our memories from college are those road trips going, you know, to away games or going, you know, tailgating and going to home games and, and supporting Mississippi state. So, you know, again, there's that side of it. But then also for me personally as family, you know, my father's a Mississippi State alumnus. My parents now live in Starkville. They chose to retire there. Um, and my wife, Mandy, went to Mississippi State. And though we didn't date in college and just really kind of knew each other peripherally, you know, it makes a lot easier that what my wife does, you know, want to support my interest. And, you know, I'll be honest, a lot of times, um, you know, I think early on it was, okay, well, do I have to ask if we're going to the game this weekend? And now, you know, we kind of, you know, Monday or Tuesday before a home football weekend, I mean, it's more of, okay, well, are we leaving Friday after work? Mandy usually gets off at noon a lot of Fridays. So usually for her, it's are we leaving at noon or you got to work all day Friday? And usually I have to work late Friday. Uh, being a real estate closing attorney, Friday's our busiest day typically. So uh, right. it's just, I guess all that to say, I, I I personally enjoy it. I, I love the relationships I've made. I mean, I love the pageantry of, of sports and SEC football and baseball. I mean, it's the reason I love going to Omaha and could still 
have a good time in Omaha, even if Mississippi State weren't there. I can walk around and, you know, bounce around to some of the bars and go to the stadium and just see the other people excited for their team and passionate about their team. Um, certainly, I'm going to enjoy it a lot more <laughs> in Mississippi State or my team is there. Uh, right. But, I, you know, that's part of what I enjoy about college sports. I think, you know, everybody's a little different. Some people, most of the people, let's say, probably attended the school. But if nothing else, they have some connection why at some point they got on the bandwagon and started cheering for their team. And, you know, you can't help but respect that. That's one of the things, again, I love about, you know, Omaha or a bowl game is that, you know, that that person chose to support their team. And, um, you know, it, it's a, a good ribbing if you want to give them a hard time. But at the end of the day, a lot of times you might shake their hand or buy, buy a beer for somebody because you respect the fact they've driven that far, spent that much money for a hotel room and for an overpriced ticket. Uh, to watch a sporting event that they know they can watch on TV. So um, I think, you know, that's the reason I choose to support Mississippi State sports. I just, I enjoy it. Uh, maybe, maybe too, it's lack of a hobby. Maybe I, I need to find something else to do. I'm not good at <laughs> golf or tennis or anything. I'm um, with you on that one. <laughs> but I just, I really have always enjoyed it. And then the relationships you make, I mean, it's funny. There's two guys that um, when we were flying to Omaha, in uh i guess that was 2018 we missed our connecting flight in dallas the flight out of jackson was running late um and there was you know a good number of the people on the flight from jackson atlanta were then turning around and it was on a friday night and then flying atlanta to omaha and i think it was about 16 or 20 of us and the problem was we land we run up to the gate and we can we're watching the plane back away so it's like your nightmare where you're watching your plane leave and, you know, there's there's like 20 of us there like, no, stop the yeah. plane, you know, let us on. And they're like, sorry, you can't get it. And uh, Allie Sherman was with us, her and her father. Anthony did not get to go that year, but it was Allie and her father and their boys. And there were two guys that, you know, I didn't know from Adam, but they were state fans. And we ended up just talking in the airport. And now I see them, you know, it almost – you know, every home football game or baseball game. It's one of those things, they're just Mississippi State fans, but I saw them in Omaha in 2019, uh, you know, and I saw them this year. Um, so it's those people you just constantly run into, and it gives you, you know, you have something to talk about, uh, you know, about your trips and laugh about. And uh, it's regulars that some people, we know their name. Uh, I mean, Mandy and I pulled up next to a couple um, at a bar in Omaha this year. We walked in, and uh, they saw we were state fans and they said, Hey, do you want these two bar stools? And we said, yeah, and a couple from the Delta. And we ended up, you know, talking to them. And then, uh, that was the first weekend and then ran into them, you know, uh, the championship series. So again, partly it's just that relationships of people you meet and I've enjoyed it and tried to drag, you know, my friends along, which sometimes when, you know, with kids involved, sometimes they can make it sometimes they right. can't, but if nothing else you see, you know, like running to people like you in, in Omaha, you see, friends from college and people you might not have seen in 10 or 15 years. But the beauty is that, you know, it, it's a reason to catch up and, and you end up running into people and it's kind of a, a reunion, whether you're going for, you think you're going for the game and you're actually going for the reunion, you know, maybe that's something we'll never know. And, and some right. years, you know, when you're going to a loss, maybe you are going for the tailgating and just to see friends and other times you're go, hoping for a win, but all in all, it makes for a good time. And, and, something that we've always enjoyed. So luckily, again, my wife supports it. And a lot of times uh, with my parents being in Starkville now, I can 
I usually drop by on a Sunday if I don't see him at the game, you know, go by and catch up with him. So it, you know, kills a lot of birds uh, with one stone. Let me say that. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so, so for, for this run, I remember seeing you, I believe at the, at the super regional for one of the games, did you make most of the regional and super regional games? We did. We, we were really lucky that, um, so one of the things too, just, um, my parents had a two bedroom townhouse in Starkville and, you know, it's kind of funny. My, my parents said always sit, my father's from Macon, you know, about 30 miles away from Starkville and, you know, not a whole lot going on in Macon these days. So he just, he's not from Jackson and, you know, he, he did his time here, but he always just said, yeah, I'd rather kind of end up in a smaller town, place like Starkville. So they put their house on the market here and, I'd kind of joke with him, what are you going to do if someone buys your house? And he said, oh, we'll just rent something in Jackson for a few years and then probably end up in Starkville or somewhere else. And he uh, got an offer house, and the, the offer was contingent on closing within 30 days. So he wakes up the next morning, drives to Starkville, puts an offer in on a spec house, um, and then proceeds to call my mom and I on the way home, tell us, oh, I just bought a house in Starkville. <laughs> And uh, the next thing he tells me when I realize why he's calling me is, oh, and you have one week to let me know if you're buying our two-bedroom townhouse or not, because uh, we probably need that money to buy our house. So um, it was just interesting that, you know, I called Mandy, and I'm like, well, it really wasn't in the plans, and we thought we might get a place to start, well, maybe down the road, but really wasn't in the finances either. But we yeah. worked something out, and he basically said, look, you don't have to close it now. Y'all, you know, save up a little money. So we have ended up with a two-bedroom house that during COVID, um, you know, the interesting year we've had, uh, we end up, you know, doing some renovations to it and cleaning it up and going up there a number of times. So this year, now that we've had it, this was our first football season after the renovation, after renovating it and kind of making it ours, that we went to every home football game and then, you know, went to a handful of basketball games. And then most of the – I think we made every SEC baseball uh, series just because it was something to do you know again we try and go up Friday and come back Sunday you know when we can and so it's it's been fun this game this has been the first year you know we've made most every ACC home series um, and again not because we thought we'd have a great year it just you know part of it was COVID it was such an interesting year I think everybody wanted to get out of the house when they could it was an outdoor sporting yes. event so you didn't have to wear yeah. a mask so that was nice um, so to answer your question yeah we were able to make uh, both the regional and the super regional, all the games. And, you know, we're hoping to pull off the, the super regional uh, on Saturday and Sunday. It didn't quite do it. So we had that Monday game. Um, so uh, Mandy left a little early. We're in two cars because she had come up early, on, earlier on Friday and I came up late Friday. Um, but she left the game when it looked like we weren't going to pull it off on Sunday. She left a little before I did so she to beat the traffic and I stayed to the very end and, we talked on the, the ride home. We're talking on cell phones, but said, Oh, I think I'll, let me see how work looks tomorrow, but I'm going to try and get away early. have a big commercial deal. I'm working on that. I really needed to wrap up and it was a really large commercial deal. Um, and I finally, we weren't all the way done on Monday and got to be after lunch. And I called this lawyer in New York I was working with. And I said, look, I know we really got to wrap this deal up, but, but I, my wife and I really would like to go to this baseball game too. So can we do everything we can to get it wrapped up by three thirty our time? So literally I was running out the door uh, and he sent me an email and coming to find out uh, he went to a small school um, 
in the Midwest and was not a Notre Dame fan. And eventually we were playing Notre Dame. And he was like, good luck. Please beat Notre Dame. Just send me an email. <laughs> so, in the end. We That's an to- impressive feat because it's not like those real estate deals usually go as planned. No. And this one, we've been working on it for a few weeks. It was a shopping center. Let me just say that. So, there are a lot of little complications. But we got it done running out the door. Uh, and I was able to hit the road by about 4 o'clock, uh, throwing some clothes. And, and literally, we got there. So Mandy and I went, and one of her her business partners went, uh, who's a state fan, and, and the three of us rode together. Um, and I was a little late. I was, you know, we met the three met at a gas station. I said, "How about this? I'm running late." So I dropped them at the stadium during the national anthem, and I went and parked. And gosh, that's the, you know, one of the toughest parking <laughs> spots I found, especially on a Monday night. Let me say that yes, but we were able to make yes. the game, and such an exciting game. And was glad that we went just because. You know, had the lead and were able to keep it most of the game. And obviously, they made it close or a little stressful there at the end. But so glad we went. And uh, anyway, made, made every game. So then part of the way that works is, you know, if you've gone on that Monday, then, you know, you look at each other on the way home and we're like, so I guess we're going to Omaha at this point. Yeah, that, that's my next question. So when when does that conversation start about well, Omaha? So then, then, you know, we didn't talk about it before, obviously. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I was concerned about is we hung around after the game for 20 or 30 minutes, you know, celebrating. Obviously, anytime you go to Omaha, it's a special time to be in the stadium and the players are running around high-fiving everybody. So we kind of took all that in and then headed to the car and, and drove back, on a, you know, on a work night. And I just was concerned. I said, well, I mean, we're getting back to Jackson so late. I'm just – I'm afraid there won't be any flights or hotels or anything. And – um one of the things I'll say is that, you know, Mandy had initially said, yeah, you know, I don't think I can get away from work. So I don't think we're going. So I ended up booking a flight for me. Let me say that night we got back late, you know, Mandy went to sleep and I pulled up, put out the laptop and booked a flight for one uh, to Omaha on Friday, not flying out Friday, uh, no, Saturday morning. So I uh-huh. was leaving at 6 a.m. Saturday morning since we didn't, we knew we didn't play until Sunday. I said, I'll just go Saturday morning. Well, Mandy comes home from work on Wednesday um, and has decided she wants to go to Omaha now. Well, by Wednesday, there's no flights left. So <laughs> what we ended up doing and just, you know, one of those things you do to, for a happy marriage, I found a flight to Kansas City. We swapped flights. So I flew into Kansas City solo Friday night by myself, rented a car, drove to Omaha and got there about 1.30 in the morning. And I got in our it. hotel room, and then Mandy flew in Saturday morning, and I just picked her up at the airport, and uh, we both made it. But yeah, I had, I had a little further venture uh, yeah. since we did. I could have booked two uh, Monday night, but we ended up on Wednesday deciding to both go, and, and we made it. It was a fun trip. So we yeah. were there first weekend. Let me just say this, and then uh, the cop. We stayed. You know, we did only get to see one game, but we didn't need to be back for work. So. Um, we went to the game Sunday night and then left Monday morning. So we got back. We just took off work Monday. Well, then you get the fever. And of course, uh, we're like, well, let's just see what happens if we win Wednesday. And we did. And we had a wedding um, the uh, following week in Idaho for one of Mandy's partners, uh, Shannon Carroll, his daughter Ruby, got married in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And our kids, they had asked our daughter and son to be the flower girl and ring bearer so they yeah, were just in a idaho. typical weekend uh, in idaho right what's that 
just a typical weekend in Idaho. Yes, exactly. So the problem then got to be, how do we get to Idaho and what does this look like for Omaha? So the only thing that worked out, we said, okay, we've already got flights booked on Saturday morning from Jackson uh, into Spokane, Washington, where you fly, you know, to get to Coeur d'Alene, that's the closed airport. So if we can beat Texas on Friday night, <laughs> there's still time I could change our flight Friday night at midnight and fly, change the flight from Jackson, go to Omaha for a few days, and then catch the wedding. We wouldn't be able to go to the Wednesday night game, but we could go Monday and Tuesday. But we got to beat Texas first. So we stayed up late. If you remember, that's the game. I think it was over at like 1 a.m. by the time I had a two-hour rain delay in in the night. You know, get to the night. We we tie it up in the night, and then they hit a three-run homer. Then we go into this rain delay. So by the time the game's over, our kids and Mandy are asleep. And come to find out, we lost anyway. So we just, you know, woke up Saturday morning, flew to Coeur d'Alene, uh, and then got there. And so we watched. Uh, we were actually in Idaho. We, we flew in, drove through Coeur d'Alene, and we're going to Glacier, Glacier National Park. So we're at a small hotel outside of Whitefish, Montana. Uh, we drive in. I didn't think about this, but we're driving on, you know, it's a U.S. highway. I was like, surely a highway will have good cell service. So we'll better keep up with the stats. Well, I was wrong. And the road that we took from Coeur d'Alene to Whitefish, Montana, we did not have cell service and or data to uh, keep up with the game. So it would be, you know, when you got to a decent town of ten to 15,000 people, you might get a score update. So we get to right. our hotel uh, in Montana in the eighth inning. And so that was – I sprint in to see if there's a TV in the lobby, and there is, but I can't find a remote control – so turn it on so we get the hotel room as fast as we can. Before we get our luggage, we sprint up there and turn on the TV, uh, and we're able to watch the eighth and ninth inning. So that was great. Then we oh, knew man, we were yeah. going to be in the championship series. Um, and then so talk, be- talk me through that discussion. Like, so I know the wheels are already turning. You've, you've got yeah, the wedding so- that weekend. Talk me through that discussion. <laughs> so that's when it really gets interesting. Um, <laughs> So then we're in Idaho and we've got to say, okay, what does this look like? So at first, the first flights I booked are flights for four and we're going to go, um, we're going to wait till after the Monday night game and we're going to fly out and we're going to go to uh, just the Tuesday night game and come back Wednesday morning. Okay. So So, Monday is game one. Yeah. Monday is game one. So we were going to catch game two, but have to come back for game three. Well, the good news is in booking that, being optimistic, if we can win this thing in two, then we'll get to see us win it all, and we'll be back in time in Idaho for the wedding. Perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, you know, there was a little different plan there, so we lose the first game. Christian McLeod didn't get the memo. Yes, clearly. (laughs) So, um, you know, McLeod just wants to keep it interesting. I don't know, I guess, and – we lose that first game, and not only did we lose it, we lost it in the first inning, as you know. Yeah. Um, so, at that point, I went ahead and canceled those flights. So, that would have been flights for four, and they weren't cheap because, you know, we're booking them at the 11th hour. So, then Mandy and I kind of look at each other, and uh, we go so far as, at one point, um, you know, um, her partner, whose daughter was getting married, um, says, oh, well, the groom's uncle – lives in Coeur d'Alene and one of the things he does is some stuff he works with charter flights and stuff so we'd even looked at pricing out flights on a charter plane and it was 
I think $25,000 round trip. So we're like, eh, <laughs> probably not going to work. Especially so that would have been like for uh, for going on Wednesday and coming back Wednesday evening? Yeah. Is that, is that how that would have worked back out? at any point. So, yeah, um, yeah we're just like, ah, unfortunately, that that's just probably not going to be feasible. If, if I were an optimistic state fan, maybe, you know, you use the bowl budget and the athletics budget for the next five years to make that one game. But, you know, once it looks like rockers starting on Wednesday, Mandy wanted to do it. Mandy at one point was like, oh, maybe we just do the charter flight. And I was like, look, they've got the best pitcher in college baseball starting on Wednesday. I just don't feel too optimistic, you know, when it comes yeah. down to winner take all last game. So then I said, let's just see what Tuesday looks like. Well, at, at one point, middle of the day Tuesday, I went ahead and booked – four more flights and this would have uh been been leaving wednesday morning at 6 a.m and unfortunately it gets us back thursday at um at noon if i remember the only ones i could get that time so okay and when do you when do you uh, need to be when do you need to be back well that's the issue yeah the kids need to be at the rehearsal at 10 a.m. on Thursday. So this would have us being back two hours late. So yeah. I booked that and have a conversation with Mandy, and she says, no, we can't do that. And obviously, you know, our kids are in the wedding. We can't change the whole rehearsal because the parents of the flower girl <laughs> and ring bearer want to go to Omaha. Um, right. So so we realized that was going to work. So that's the second time I booked flights for all four of us, and we cancel them. Yeah. So I look at everything. I, I mean, I've never done so much research in my life. And I finally figured out there's this one crazy way that we could get flights into Omaha Wednesday morning. It was the getting back Thursday by 10 a.m. for a 10, 10 a.m. rehearsal because they were doing the rehearsal early so that the groomsmen could play golf and then go to, to the rehearsal dinner that night. Gotcha. I finally found a way that basically we fly into Omaha and then after the game on Wednesday night, we had a driver, a limo service would drive for $85 an hour, would drive us to Kansas City and back. It was going to be like $700, I think, by the time they built in the, you know, driving the car both ways and waiting after the game and all that. But we would get to Kansas City that night and then we had a flight that would leave Kansas City 6 a.m., connects. I think in Salt Lake and, and then ends up in Spokane at nine 30. And by the time you take a shuttle from Spokane to, to we get to the resort at like a few minutes after 10 o'clock. So yeah. we're I'm like, we're only going to be a few minutes late. And I run it by yeah. Mandy and she's like, yeah, but then it's a 15 minute shuttle from the resort where the, to the rehearsal. So it was still going to be 20 minutes late. So we, we cancel that. So it's like, no, that's not going to work. So we're watching the game Tuesday night, and, and at one point she made the comment on Tuesday afternoon. She said, I think the only thing that's going to work is for you to go. She's like, why don't you just go? And I was like, well, we'll just keep trying everything. So at that point, I have something booked just for me. Yeah, um, I was going to say, but in the back of your head somewhere, you're yes. like, I'm good. Yeah, so I'm gone, but I have no ticket to the game. I have no yeah. hotel room. But I have a flight that I something I can cancel up until, uh, you know, I had 24, you know, I, I booked it within 24 hours of the flight. So I think I had to book it like two hours before to get my credit back or something. Um, yeah. So 
all that being said, we, we win the game uh, Tuesday night. I will tell you the funny story is Mandy ordered groceries, uh, online groceries to the hotel room. And um, the way it works is I guess they, you know, paid you down in the lobby to say, come pick up your groceries. Well, this is in the middle of that game. It was about the sixth inning. And Mandy says, oh, I just got a text. The guy's here with the groceries in the lobby. There's a lobby bar. So I said, oh, I'll just run down there real quick and meet the guy with the groceries. Well, that turned into like a 20-minute ordeal. So in the middle of trying to meet this guy to pick up the groceries, he goes to the wrong door or something, and I'm missing our game and are trying to watch it on my phone or trying to get a score update and running back to the little bar where they had the game on. Uh, so that was funny. So I missed a good amount there of when we're scoring runs and, and really pouring it on uh, there at the end of the game, you know, stretching out the lead there. Um, so anyway, by the time I get back, I mean, the game's basically over. I mean, it's in the books that we're up. So, um, I start, I said, okay, I got to figure out hotel rooms and I'm talking to Mandy and, and we're just kind of stressing out. So I ended up emailing two more companies about charter flights and I'm like, <laughs> is there any way we could still pull this off with the kids? they unfortunately never got a response from either of those companies um about trying to pull off a flight you know leaving at 6 a.m the next morning uh and for a quick turnaround so basically by the time we go to bed that night i told mandy i said okay i'm gonna try and go if i you know i've got a flight but i've still got to get a ticket to the game and a place to stay and i said i'm not going if i don't have a ticket to the game i just i didn't want to end up watching it from a sports bar um, yeah you know because i still was paying a fortune on this last minute airline ticket i booked so right. by the, they go to sleep, and I think at about 11 p.m. that time, which is like 1 a.m. you know Central Time, I finally found a ticket to the game for 400 bucks, which is more than I wanted to pay. Um, but I found a loan ticket, and I just went ahead and said I'm going to pull the trigger because there are two or three had popped up, and every time I tried to buy them, they were you know like cheap, under 200 dollars. Every time I tried to buy them they were gone. So, um, finally got a ticket, pulled the trigger. Um, and then, I mean, Mandy kind of knew that's what I was thinking, but I ended up wait. I went downstairs that I had to get up, had to get to the airport. So I look on Uber and it's a hundred over a hundred dollars from the resort to the, to the, um, the, uh, Spokane airport. So I went down and found, I had catch the guy making the last airport run for the night airport shuttle. I said, hey, any way you can get me on a 6 o'clock flight? And he looks. He says, be in the lobby at 3.30. So oh, wow. uh, I went laid down for about an hour, woke up, packed a bag. Um, and I, all that being said, I woke Mandy up about 3.15, and I just said, found the ticket. In the interim, too, I texted Roshan Patel, and he said, look, we, you can crash on our couch. We got a room for you. So I told her, all right, I'm going. And uh, – was down in the lobby at 3.30 a.m., headed headed to the airport for a 6 o'clock flight. So it was a quick turnaround, and uh, Mandy wasn't crazy about it, just in the sense she really wanted to go as much as anything. But right. under the circumstances, we just really could not make it work. So that was a, yeah. a long way to tell that story. Yes. Well, no, every detail was needed, and that's what makes the story so incredible. So, all right, so you finally get there. You're, you get – uh, do you meet up with some people before you get to the stadium? Yes. So the long story short, I flew. I flew in at like uh, I want to say twelve thirty, one o'clock. 
take an Uber. I'm texting Roshan. He's there with his two brothers, but they had a family friend. They were, they were visiting. So I get to the, they're not at the hotel when I get there, but they said, we'll be back shortly. And they actually ended up giving me my own room, which I felt bad. Uh, but they, they had two rooms and uh, shifted around. And one of his brothers had his son there and just said his son fell asleep after the game, at the end of the game, the Tuesday night game. So they were able to get a room downtown. And they shifted he and his son there, his older brother, uh, Sune. So then Abay and Roshan moved to one room and gave me my own full room. Uh, wow. So, we, you know, I get there. They got a key waiting for me. I did change clothes, freshen up. And uh, we met up. And about 2 o'clock, you know, we headed out for, uh, you know, for the stadium and uh, tailgating and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it was – you know, crazy time getting there, and I was running on about an hour of sleep, but it was yeah. well worth it, and I wasn't going to miss it at that point. So so it's a whirlwind, so I imagine there's a part of you that it's like it's you're in such a rush that you don't really have time to, like, really think about, like, hey, we're really about to play for a national championship. Do you, do you have memories of, like, sitting at your seat and it all kind of sinking in what, what was on the line? Yes, I mean, you just hit, hit the nail on the head there. I think the one thing is, you know, in hindsight, you know, especially knowing that we won it all, I think I would have kind of wanted to take it in more and get there early and do all that. But the reality is by the time we got out and, you know, met up with everybody and it's a 6 o'clock game, you know, so you got to start heading towards the stadium at 5.15, 5.30. Um, there were a lot of people we were trying to catch up with and, Again, it gets to be about 5.15, and we got to start looking at each other. We're like, oh, we've got to start walking in the stadium. Um, and it was a long line. You know, it was a sellout or, you know, it was uh, a busy game. So, by the time – I mean, I walked in, if I recall, with about, you know, five minutes left, you know, before the first pitch. So, um, I walked in, you know, went to the restroom, and, I mean, shortly thereafter, the game starting. So, I, actually, the game started before I got to my seat. I was socializing – you know, talking to some state fans and ran into Ryan Toms and some other people. But uh, I wish I could have, you know, taken it in a little bit more. But in the first inning, then I had to make that decision. That was going to be dinner. Uh, so I did go grab some food and kind of watched uh, on a TV as I ate my uh, barbecue sandwich, you know, in the first inning to be dinner. So then I could go to my seat and, and leave, you know, watch the rest without interruption. But yeah. You know, it, it, it took off quick. You know, we scored that first inning. Uh, so, the top of the first. So, it was certainly exciting. But, uh, yeah, I wish I could have taken in a little more. And I think it finally hit me that I, for the first time, had a, a positive feeling. We talked about all those things that, you know, the SEC championship, where you had, you had the lead in the fourth quarter and you lose it. Uh, I'd gone to the, to the uh, women's basketball national championship and – Columbus, Ohio, and I had a law partner there. And, you know, just with a few minutes left in the game, you know, we were up, I think, seven. And, you know, I could see him across the the, sta- the arena. He was like one section over. And we're both kind of looking at each other like, what do we do? We've, you know, we've got the lead in the national championship game. And, of course, they'd come back and, you know, hit a buzzer beater to win the game. So, you know, you'd had these before. So, I, I was a little more guarded uh, about getting excited. But I think the first – glimmer of hope is that we might actually could pull this off was when rocker came out of the game you know yeah we'd scored a yeah. few runs and i was feeling decent but uh you know and bednar is pitching great but you know there's still a question of how far can bednar go on short rest and 
there are other things. But when when Rocker came out of the game, I said I stood up and definitely gave him a round of applause to get him back to the dugout. Yeah. Um, but at that point, you know, then you start thinking, okay, maybe we can do this. We still got to, you know, score, you know, some more insurance runs and hold them off for a few more innings. Uh, but, you know, there was the chance maybe we could pull this off. Yeah. So did you end up having to sit by yourself or were you able to move around and go be with some buddies? How'd that work out? Yeah. So I, I was by myself, but part of it, when I had bought that ticket online, uh, through, you know, two group texts, I kind of said, where are people going to be? And I realized that one buddy was actually two rows behind me he and another friend. So I ended up uh, moving up one row. And so I was sitting next to them, but that worked out well that three of us, three state fans were together. And then of course there were some other state fans around us. Um, but there was one, one Vandy fan on my row and uh, you know, he, he wasn't too happy, but you know, they kept telling him, look, Mark, there's a lot of baseball to be played. You know, every time we'd score a run and, uh, he ended up leaving, I think in the eighth inning, but, uh, yeah. but no, I, yeah. luckily I didn't have to sit by myself. And the funny thing is, so I, you know, had run road to the game, uh, with Roshan and he was down, uh, you know, down six or eight rows, kind of a more of a Mississippi state section. And, uh, and a, it was in the, in the end of the eighth inning, beginning of the ninth, I was about to leave, and I said, look, I'll go meet him, and it's kind of a, a Mississippi State area that would be fun to take in, the, you know, that ninth inning. And I, I stood up, and I was about to leave, and <laughs> the two guys I'm with are like, no, you're not going anywhere. You're staying here to the end of the game, you know? And I was like, yeah, that's true. I better not count my chickens. So I, I actually stayed in that seat for the entire game just to be sure we won it. And, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. kind of took it in for about – 10, 15 seconds, and then basically sprinted down the steps and over to that other area uh, to meet up with Roche and his brother. And, and I, it was a better place, too, with all the Mississippi State fans cheering after the game and caught up with a lot of people, uh, Larkin Kennedy and people like that, and got pictures. So that, it was a fun place to be post-game. And, there, you know, a lot of stuff when they, you know, present the team with their individual medals and trophies and all that, got to watch all that from the Mississippi State section. So that was certainly yeah. exciting. That's awesome. So, so take me to, so the, one of the things I've asked almost everybody, and it's been neat to hear kind of all the different stories. So you've got Sherm that was there with like his entire family, you know, including his two boys. Um, and then I was there and was so glad I was there. And I was there with Daniel Ross and Jeff Lacker, who we all live in Hattiesburg together. It was really neat. Um, but, you know, I couldn't help but think, like, man, I wish my dad and, and my son were here with me. So take me through, like, what that last, you know, out, like, we finally did it was like for you, kind of what's going through your head. Was there anybody that was in the back of your mind, like, man, I really wish they were here to experience this with me? Yeah, so, I mean, that was the one thing, too. And, and I, you know, I really should have mentioned this earlier, but but the tough thing is my father's had some health issues this year just really kind of caught a bad break and unfortunately he has been confined to a hospital bed uh for the last three months now so he you know keeping in mind this is how he starts the season we start this baseball season in dallas and he went to that so that was the first opening series he goes to dallas uh with a group of guys they rented a skybox i mean did it right had a great time uh, you know, we have a great showing uh, out there and, and, you know, beat two top 10 top two uh, top 10 teams. 
Um, and then the Tulane series was the next home series, and I, Mandy and I get, did get to go to that. But one of the reasons I knew he was starting to have some health issues is that he, he went to the Friday game, and he mentioned to me he wasn't feeling well. He'd gone by the doctor on Thursday, and then he went to the Saturday game, but just said he didn't, really didn't feel well at all. And then when he didn't go to the Sunday game, I started thinking, okay, you know, there really may be something to this. And so since then, you know, he stayed in the hospital, uh, had a hospital stay for about two months in Jackson. And then he'd been to North Mississippi Medical Center. He'd been to Methodist Rehab, uh, you know, doing PT and everything. And then now he's at uh, a nursing home in Starkville. So anyway, one of the good things about the regional and super regional is that I did, you know, get to go see him and sit with him um, and, Unfortunately, he's confined to a bed, but the good news is he's got a TV. So he didn't miss hardly any of the games, uh, you know, that we played in the regional or super regional or the other games. So he really got to keep up a lot with college baseball more than he probably would have uh, being where he was. But at least, you know, he made him appreciate and he could tell me anything that happened in any of the other games when I checked in. Well, yeah, he's gone to Omaha, Omaha the last two years. He certainly would have been there, you know, this year in 13. He stayed the entire time. So, you know, there's no doubt in my mind he would have been there. I mean, he'd already, again, gone for this team, been confident enough to go to Dallas, uh, you know, to start the season off. So that was one of the reasons I felt like I really needed to be there. I said, look, he can't do it. And obviously he didn't gain anything by me being there. But I just, you know, out of respect for him and everything else, I was like, man, I just – I know he'd be there. Just if there were anywhere I could be there, you know, kind of – uh, in support for him, I wanted to do it. And then obviously we talked about, you know, Mandy and my kids couldn't be there. And that was the one thing that I really hated as much as anything is obviously I wanted Mandy to be there. Cause we'd gone to most every SEC series this year and the super, the regional and the super regional, but then to get to take our kids to, a, you know, a national championship game would have been something awesome. So there were a lot of, yeah, there were, it was a lot of people that is as, as selfish as it was for me to want to be there it was also kind of symbolic for other people like, Hey, they can't be here, but at least I'm going to be here. So yeah, I mean, I'd called them, you know, after that last out and, you know, it was neat, you know, to call and talk to my dad, you know, and, and just obviously he couldn't be there, but we got to talk about it and he enjoyed uh, everything and taking all that in. So it, it was, it was really neat it, you know, and it, it meant a lot, I think for a lot of state fans too, just to say, wow, we never thought this would happen. And, yeah. and I think it, it still took a few days really to, uh, for reality to set in that we had, you know, we had actually won a national championship, but uh, you know, there are a lot of people there and, you know, one of the things of going three years in a row is there, you know, with friends that had gone in 18 and 19 um, and just because they had just gone, didn't come uh, the opening series this year. And we were lucky that, that we did. I mean, that was kind of one of the things Mandy and I enjoyed mainly too, because I need to go back and tell you that in 13, Roche and I went the first weekend stayed through Wednesday, then went home and didn't go to the Friday game and then came back for the second weekend. Well, Mandy was pregnant with Caroline, my daughter, who just turned eight uh, this past week. And obviously Mandy was very pregnant with her. Mandy didn't have the option to come in 13 to the national championship. And she always said, number one, I'm not going to miss Omaha again. And number two, obviously, if we get in the national championship, I want to be there because the last time I couldn't go because I was, you know, eight months pregnant. So, yeah. Um, anyway, there, so there were a lot, a lot of people and, you know, if you could go back and do it again, obviously love for all of them to be there, but it just under the circumstances and with it being such short notice, as you know, that's the, 
the challenge of the World Series. You got to pick pick up and move quickly. Uh, yeah. And you know, it, the blessing is that we won it all, but unfortunately, everybody couldn't be there this year. Yeah, that's right. And you know, first, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, it's you know, those are the stories to me that that are that are so. You know, it's it's just neat to hear everybody's perspective and kind of the backstory. And you know, there are so many people that you know you wish wish could have been there to experience it. And you know, a lot of people, you know, it's their kids. And the, the thing that that keeps being said, and I truly believe, is that there are more to come. Um, and you know, this whole thing is it's it's cyclical, right? So all these memories that we shared with with our dad or our parents. Um, you know, we get to kind of go through that with, with our kids, and you know, one day hopefully we're we're the granddads that that they're blaming on. We're we're the reason they're state fans. Um, yeah, exactly. But, but all the family stories and friend stories are, are what's great, and, and what I've really enjoyed about hearing everybody's story. So, uh, Brad, that's that's I love. I think you had the most unique story about being there for Game Three so far. Uh, I really enjoyed hearing that and uh, just appreciate you sharing all of it and glad that uh, glad I was able to see you out there and glad just happy for all the state fans uh, that have waited so long for for a national championship, especially in baseball. Yeah, no doubt. And the last thing I just say in closing, you know, now that I have a little time to kind of think about it and wrap my head around everything, I I think it just was fitting. I mean, for Mississippi State, just – for years to, to be so close and, you know, the history of Ron Polk and Duty Noble and really kickstarting uh, SEC and college baseball, um, you know, with the history of the left field lounge and everything. And just to say, oh, we're a baseball program, but not to have that national championship. Um, I think it was fitting. And as much as I would have loved to won, you know, the women's basketball national championship, um, you know, the two years that we've been, um, I think there is something special about that first national championship being in baseball. I think that's the one that, you know, I'd say, but I feel like we're the most deserving. We've been so close or felt like we deserved it. Um, And I think so many fans just, you know, the outpouring of support we've had traditionally in Omaha, but then this year, I mean, in a year of COVID with everything else and, and numbers being down and limited and everything else and to come in and set attendance records, for the entire college world series and for the championship series and for the championship, the final game. I mean, it's just pretty amazing, you know, pretty much single-handedly because of Mississippi state uh, fans who showed up, you know, in a, in a, in a crazy year. So all that being said, I, I think it was really a neat experience. I think it, it was something we'll never forget. Um, and then just personal with you, I think uh, it was really neat after the game, just kind of, some plan, some just kind of how we all ended up together uh, at the same place and then just kind of take it all in and everybody sharing their stories and talking about how they're excited we are. And I'll never forget this. I'm sitting there talking to, to Anthony Sherman and then all of a sudden his eyes kind of get real big and then all of a sudden he just takes off, you know, in the middle of the sentence running and runs over and gives uh, Coach Lamonis this huge hug and tells him thank you so it was just kind of funny that ends up Lamonis is there trying to like get away I think with somebody said his friends his his person closest friends from the Citadel that he played baseball with thinking oh I'll find some little place to get away in Omaha and unfortunately yeah. ran into all of us who then <laughs> proceeded to 
you know, give him a standing ovation. And, uh, you know, it was neat that he came over and got a picture with us. So that was, yeah. it, it was just really neat, you know, and I think it kind of came full circle for the support we put in about to have the opportunity to, to get a picture with the coach, uh, you know, made it all worthwhile for making the trip to Omaha. Yeah, well said, well said. Well, Brad, thanks again. I really, really appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Uh, it was good talking to you, and we'll talk soon. Sounds great. Thanks, man. You. All right. All right. Bye. The Dogs and Three podcast is sponsored by Commercial Stationery Company in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. They've been in the office supply and printing business for 50 years and would enjoy providing you and your company with all of your office and printing needs. Hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for listening.